Hello, podcaster. It's Charlie here from the Business of Podcasting. And in today's episode, I am joined by Tim Sulo of Ahrefs. Now, this is a very different episode than we normally do because Tim doesn't have a podcast. In today's episode, we talk all about podcast sponsorships. And why I wanted to have Tim on the show specifically is with the role he does at Ahrefs and what he does as the marketing manager, they have spent over $200,000 sponsoring podcasts. So why I brought Tim on is to talk through that whole journey and give you some understanding to the results they've gotten from doing that. Now, I myself actually sponsor podcasts to grow my own show and also produce leads for Valor Media. I think it's a very effective strategy for growing a podcast. And when you think about it, people who listen to podcasts are your ideal audience. So if you can sponsor podcasts that are in a similar or the same niche as you, or there's that crossover of uh, audience, getting in front of them can be a really effective way to bring people who already listen to podcasts to your show itself. And this conversation is really interesting because we do talk about the one side of it, which is actually like the results they got as a company from doing it. But then the other side of the conversation is Tim's experience dealing with podcast hosts and what it took to get deals over the line. So if you are a podcaster who's thinking about having sponsorships on your show or getting sponsors on your show, I think it'll give you a really unique perspective on like things you can do to improve how you get sponsors and maybe what data hint hint you might want to show them. Now, before we get into the actual episode, if you haven't already, please head over to our website on Valor Media and check out Podcasters Edge. It's an exclusive uh, weekly email that I write myself, which will give you insights and tips to help you grow and uh, monetize your podcast in a much bigger way. So we'll make sure we put links to that as well so you can come and be on that list and get some of that exclusive content. But without further ado, let's head into the episode itself. I think you're really going to enjoy this one with Tim. Welcome to the show, Tim Sulo. How are you doing, Tim? Hey, Charlie. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm doing fine, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, well, interesting, interesting times we are in. So at the recording of this episode, um, I think most of the world is in some form of self-isolation or lockdown. Um, so what a better time to make podcasts. We can make this happen <laughs> over the internet. For sure, yes. Now, um, we actually met at Superfast uh, Business Live this year, and um, I don't know if you remember this moment, but you actually gave me a really interesting pitch on coming on this podcast. So we were oh. about to sit down and have lunch, and you said this, and I was like, I have to have him on my podcast. So <laughs> I, I wanted to share this uh, story quickly before we get into the context, and this is what we're actually going to be talking about. Um, me and Tim were talking about podcasts, and he goes, oh, actually, I've spent $200,000 on sponsoring podcasts. There's probably some cool and relevant information in that. Like maybe <laughs> ma- maybe that would work. And I, and I remember this moment, I'm like, yes, yes, that would exactly work. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's how this came to be. And that is the general setting of uh, this episode today. So Tim, uh, before we get into that though, for context, um, can you please describe, I, I mean, you're obviously uh, very well known on the internet and a, at AHRFs, but for context, um, what do you do at AHRFs and what is AHRFs? Yeah, so uh, Hrefs is a tool that anyone who is doing SEO needs because we try to provide you with all the essential tools and data to 
figure out how to rank higher in Google and what your competitors are doing. So basically, if you're doing SEO and not using Ahrefs, you're probably not doing SEO, so to say. <laughs> so, and I'm chief marketing officer there, and uh, you just said that I spent two hundred thousand uh, dollars. So technically, the company spent, not not really me. I was like behind that, but yeah, as a company, we spent uh, in two thousand nineteen, we spent uh, two hundred thousand dollars sponsoring podcasts, and year prior, I think it was about. 60 grand or so. So we have quite some experience uh, sponsoring uh, podcasts, but more or less in, in our own industry, which is like uh, SEO, digital marketing, maybe some like productivity, online business and, uh, and stuff like this. Sensational. This is uh, really what we're going to get into today. So I'd like to almost ask this question of like, how was the decision made to spend that type of money on podcast sponsoring? Like what led you guys to think sponsoring podcasts was going to be good for Ahrefs? Uh, this is uh, this is a great question. And I have to, to go back to our very first experience sponsoring podcasts, which was not that good. Uh, so I think I told you that story during lunch. Uh, we first tried like, so again, for the context, I am quite an avid podcast listener. So I, I have a podcast app and whenever I'm commuting to and from work, I think that the best use of my time is to listen to some smart people uh, discussing some smart things. So three years ago, uh, when I thought of like sponsoring some podcasts, I thought it would be a good idea because I myself was an audience. And I thought that like by sponsoring podcasts, we're going to reach a lot of people. And uh, we found uh, five podcasts. Uh, that seemed like a good fit for like for people who could be potential customers of Ahrefs. Uh, and uh, we did everything like by the books. So we created a special landing page. Uh, it was even like customized for each podcast. So depending on the referral link, uh, the page would display a different headline like, hello, listeners of this podcast, hello, listeners of that podcast. This is like special deal of Ahrefs for you. And yeah, we had like Ahrefs doesn't offer any discounts uh, as of today at all. And back in the days, we also didn't like discounts as a marketing tactic that much. But for the sake of like testing how well our podcast ads are going to to perform, we created like thirty percent discount for half for the first half year for the first six months of using using Ahrefs and created those landing pages. So basically, the podcast hosts other than announcing that the sponsor of their show is a chefs and we are an SEO tool and blah, blah, blah. They were giving their listeners a special URL uh, where they could claim like 30% discount for the first half year. So for those five podcasts, we spend like 14 grand uh, total. And in total, we got like 330 visits to our landing page, uh, which brings the cost per visit to something like 40 something dollars, which is quite a lot, quite a lot. Wowza, that, that's uh, some expensive traffic. Yes. And then even like, despite uh, the 30% discount, the number of people who uh, signed up for trials and first you sign up for trial and then you start paying and you get your discount. And to sign up for trial, you have to enter your credit card, pay, uh, credit card information. So that's kind of uh, a small barrier to, to entry. So only 11 people uh, signed up for our trials and they, I don't even remember how many of them ended up paying, probably two of them and they canceled after the first month. So basically cost per lead was like $1,300, something like this. So this is when I thought that I'm never going to spend 
a single dollar on podcast advertising ever again. Uh, so this was the story of how it all started. And now you're asking me a question, how come we spend like 200 grand yeah. uh, in 2019 despite exactly. those like awful exactly. results? That, that yeah. is such the important question. So before we get to that though, because I mean, we know the good news story here that you guys spent more, but I'd love to know why do you think or feel that this first one went so badly? What did yeah. you guys do that you go, right, well, you know, this was the learning piece from it. Yeah, so so why did it go so badly is because of uh, kind of behavior of people, their habits, like <clears throat> and how and where they listen to podcasts. So I started observing my own behavior. And usually when I listen to podcasts is when I'm doing something else. So I could be driving a car. I could be uh, going somewhere in the subway or like in a bus. Or maybe it's not often, but I, I, I might listen to something when... Uh, I'm like working out. So this is not the time where I would uh, take action on any offer, even if it offers me discounts and such. So I wouldn't like stop whatever I'm doing, like open uh, my browser, uh, type in the unique URL of, of the offer and go and grab it. So it's, it's not just going to happen. But what I've noticed is that in any case, I'm making a mental note of the stuff that is being promoted on the podcast. And they might, I, I might not be in the market for that thing, uh, but if, if I will need it later, I have a mental note in my head. I might even like uh, uh, arrive to work, open my computer and put it somewhere in the Evernote that whenever I need like a tool like this or a service like that, uh, here's the one that was recommended on a podcast that I listen to and trust to. Uh, so this is, why, uh, this is why we thought the whole campaign with creating dedicated landing pages, tracking like all the leads from every podcast and like seeing the conversion rate uh, showed us terrible results. But the thing is, when, when the aha moment happened is uh, a few months after like sponsoring those podcasts, I went to the US uh, to a marketing conference and I was networking with people there, like uh, talking to them uh, during lunch and such. And I was telling them, this was th three years ago, uh, HFs wasn't uh, as popular as it is today uh, in the digital marketing space. So uh, I was like telling people, uh, have you heard of HFs? And they, yeah, I, I'm not using your tool, but recently I've heard it on the podcast I'm listening to. And I'm not in the market for an SEO tool today. Like SEO is not what, what I'm up to, but like it's cool that you guys are sponsoring my favorite podcast. And like for sure, if I'm going to uh, use an SEO tool in the future, like you would be the first people, uh, the first company I would try. And this is when I realized that by, by uh, sponsoring podcasts, this was not like direct lead acquisition strategy. It was more like brand awareness strategy and like just spreading the word about our company. And uh, what, I, what I've later realized is that by sponsoring podcasts, we're using two psychological principles. First of them is uh, it's called mere exposure effect, which states that people are more likely to buy things that they know better. So like the more you look at ads of some, I don't know, uh, chocolate bar on TV, whenever you go to a supermarket and you're presented with like dozens of chocolate bars, you would pick the one that you know best because you've seen it on TV. This is mere exposure effect. So by, by putting our brand in front of uh, people in people's ears and they, they, they get familiar with us. Later, when they have to pick among like many SEO tools, they would choose the one that they've heard the most. So this is mere exposure effect. Uh, and another one is uh, 
Uh, I don't remember like the scientific name, uh, something like guilt by association. So this is when people uh, like transfer the qualities of something to the other thing that it is associated with. So in our case, we were sponsoring podcasts that people love listening to, the podcast host that they trust and love. And when the podcast host is recommending them something, they kind of associate the service. Like if that guy is recommending this, it might be good. So they associate our like brand with the podcast host they love and trust. So uh, by tapping into those two things, we, we decided that it's, it's very good for our branding uh, and for brand exposure. So And that is why we decided that uh, we're going to spend money on podcast advertising. How interesting. If you didn't go to that conference, you may yeah. not have had that moment when you realized it. And I, I'll just second into that. I think this is one of the most interesting things about podcasting when you compare, uh, compare it to other mediums of advertising <clears throat> is that association piece. It is that ability to go, oh, well, if they already know, like, and trust a podcast host and there's that form of recommendation uh, from them, it's so much more valuable than let's say just running and enroll YouTube ad or whatever yeah. it is. Like you, you can really, really lean into the brand that that person has spent a lot of time uh, building, which I think is really interesting and really powerful as well. Okay, so we've had this experience, we've gone uh, through there and gone like, had this aha moment um, on that point of view. And you've gone, hang on, this is a really good idea. How did you approach the next round then? Like realizing there was some value here and you weren't going to treat it like direct response. Um, how did you approach this in the next wave of sponsoring? And particularly what I'd be interested in is like, how did you select the podcasts you wanted to sponsor um, next? Uh, this is a great question. And uh, the thing is, uh, there's a famous saying uh, by some like, uh, I think 18th century merchant who said that uh, I know that like half of the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The problem is I don't know which half. So, <laughs> I love that saying. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly the case with like uh, podcast sponsorships. And I think this is exactly the case with like radio ads, TV ads and such. Uh, because like it's, um, you cannot really like, because the analytics doesn't work there, you cannot really track like what happens after, after you sponsor a podcast, you just have to go, to go with your gut feeling. So this is what we, uh, what we did. And in the first place, we were sponsoring podcasts that we kind of like ourselves. So the first few podcasts that I was reaching out to were the podcasts that I was listening myself, or I know that my friends are listening, or I know that people in the industry are listening, which means they have like some social proof, they, they have some credibility, and people who I love and trust are listening to this podcast, so it must be good. So we might, uh, if we sponsor them, we're going to reach uh, many people like that. So this was more or less uh, our strategy, <laughs> kind of no, no strategy is a strategy as well. We were just like uh, going through podcasts and again, another good trigger, another amazing trigger of uh, whether we would want to sponsor a podcast or not is whether the podcast host already knew about our service. Because, uh, and this brings us to another topic uh, uh, of uh, the actual uh, like advertising pre-roll or mid-roll, like the advertising slot that they're doing. The thing is, if, if the, the podcast host who we are sponsoring is already our customer, or at least use, uh, used our ser service and got value from it, 
they wouldn't even ask for any like scripted message that they would need to read like word for word. They would just say, oh, okay, like I know HRFs, I love it, I've used it, I would have no problem mentioning it, uh, mentioning it, it during uh, our my podcast. And the thing is, those mentions would be like the most amazing ones. Uh, hold podcast- up, hold up. We gotta we gotta yeah. go back on that. I think you just uncovered a little uh we'll call it a bit of gold that I think is valuable there. So you guys uh, realize that, hang on, if the podcast host is using our software, it kind of didn't become a, an advertisement. It was actually more of an endorsement. Yeah. It was a recommendation based on their use. That is such a big difference in how it kind of rolls out, isn't it? Because like, if, if I mean, I use AHF, so I, I fall into this category as well. But if I hadn't used it, I would be very much relying on the ad and wouldn't be yeah. able to give any emotion behind it. But it's yeah, like exactly um, when I can sit here and say content gap, that content <laughs> gap, oh, which is a feature of Ahrefs that I often use. It, it's such a different perspective on how that ad is presented. But you actually mentioned something else as well that I would I would love to kind of look at through this. So you're selecting these podcasts based on the ones you like. Um, and I suppose I've got to ask this in a couple of questions because I think this is really important. Being SEO is like the main caliber of what you guys do. Is this specifically SEO podcasts or are you going broader into marketing or even broader into business at a top level? Like was there any form of like how aligned to what we do? Yeah, so the, the thing is uh, you have to understand your position in the market. So with HREFs uh, last year in 2019, what we were realizing is that the vast majority of people in the SEO space know about us. So even if they're not customers of ours for some reason, so they might be using a competitor or they might like uh, they might have used us for a few months and canceled, but they know about us because like the SEO industry is rather narrow and we were doing marketing for quite a few years. And we're confident then that in the SEO industry, most people, I'm not saying everyone, but like just arbitrary, like 80% of people know us already. So by sponsoring any SEO-related podcast, yeah, we would like reinforce our like brand awareness. We would like uh, reinforce loyalty because like I said, if we sponsor podcasts that people love and trust, they have like more like brand affinity for each chefs. So like this is my favorite podcast and they chefs are sponsors. So I'm doing the right thing that I'm paying for each chefs because they put uh, they put the money that I'm paying them to the podcast that I love. They support the creators of the podcast. So all these things play there. But then again, uh, we understand that the SEO niche uh, knows about us already. So we have to branch out into broader niches. Uh, this is why we were trying to go broader and target more like digital marketing in general or like starting online business, building online business, uh, these kinds of things. That's a really interesting point um, in recognizing, and I think anyone who does podcast sponsoring, and even myself, I do it as well, is the idea that if you if people already know you and you you are the category leader or the category king, how you want to frame it, um, the value of the podcast ad is different, or how you want to yeah. present it. Like you would have to really put a unique offer in that to motivate people who already knew about you, or put something new forward to to benefit the most there. So going broader actually gave you much better exposure to people that maybe hadn't heard of you, which is the effect um, you're going for here. But I guess like when I think about it, let's say for whatever reason, there's a new AHREF software you start, 
you would probably then lean back into, okay, well, this is, we'll, we'll focus in on these SEO shows um, or podcasts. Yeah, yeah to make of it course. Of course. If, if we are releasing like uh, some new hot feature and we want to make sure that the industry knows about it, because what we realized, no single channel would, would give us like 100% reach to our own audience. So we have like uh, an audience of our customers who are paying for HFs, but when we send them an email, the open rate would be like what, like 30% the standard industry stuff. So 70% of people wouldn't learn about the feature. We might even put the announcements in the interface itself, but then again, not all of the people would see the announcement or they might like close it without reading because they're busy with other stuff. We would go to our social channels, like our Facebook group, Twitter, but then again, with all the channels, we won't reach like 100% of our own customers for paying us. So, so this is why we are okay to invest money, for example, into Facebook ads and to promote our like newly released features on Facebook ads, because we know that it adds to the audience, like other than promoting our newly released features to the industry in general, we're also promoting them to people who are our customers, customer, customers customers already, but they haven't seen this feature announcement on some other channels. And podcast is just one of the other channels, how we can reach our own customers, surprisingly. Isn't that, that's a really interesting point as well. And I mean, I'm even guilty of this. Um, I will definitely watch your YouTube channel. When there's a new feature on the YouTube channel, I'll watch it. But I don't think I've ever opened an email from AHS. Yeah. <laughs> and um, because that's how I communicate with you guys. So yeah. I think that's a really interesting perspective on why you might do it as well is for that unique coverage. And because you guys are at such a stage, like you really do have to cover multiple, like you probably couldn't just do email so much of your audience would just probably not know about things. And there is so many features in the software. So the next thing I want to get to here, and you touched on this a bit is like, we've kind of said like how broad or wide you're going. And we've spoken about like the difference between like an endorsement and actually like a structured abrasive ad, so to speak. Then the next part is the placement of the ads. Cause you mentioned mm. like the pre-roll, which is an ad before the start of an episode, a mid-roll pretty self-explanatory, or it might be at the end. Did you um, notice anything differently about these or which had the most benefit? Was there anything you guys went for or that didn't work that you can share on this topic? So again, unfortunately, because there's just no way to really study this, uh, because people just don't act. They hear things, but they don't act. They like make mental notes. They might go uh, open their computers and do something, but you cannot really connect uh, what happened there. So most of our ads, uh, the vast majority of them uh, were, I think, well, for sure, we, we, I, I think in, in the year of podcast sponsorships, we only got one, uh, one sponsored slot at the very end of the podcast, and it was Pat Flynn, <laughs> the guy with, with the biggest podcast who we sponsored, and uh, he, he was the only one who who uh, like uh, aired the, the ad at the very end of his podcast. But the thing is, he was one of those people who was a customer of HFs. So his ad was like absolutely brilliant. And he, he said that it was like supernatural. He said that uh, a, few, uh, a few of his friends were recommending him like to check out HFs for a few years, uh, but he, he didn't uh, have time to do this. But then he got in touch. He connected, he was connected with me. Uh, we had a call, I showed him around, he started using us, blah, 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 and he's like hooked. So yeah, the, the ad was great. And uh, I just wanted, I, I just want to point out that in my opinion, what matters most is how the podcast cost 
presents the the sponsorship slot not not really where it is because sometimes you would get the generic slot at the beginning of the podcast like hey this is like john the podcast host of like blah 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 and we are sponsored today by hrefs a tool for your seo now let's get into content so people just like mentally they like surf through this like quick introduction and get into into the content of the episode without listening same with like uh, mid-roll so whenever a podcast host would say like uh, and now we're going to interrupt for a quick ad and to announce our sponsor so again i i usually watch it uh, at my own behavior when i'm listening to podcast so on apple podcasts there's a button like for 50 seconds 15 seconds forward so quite often if i can reach that button yeah if i'm not driving for example but if i'm walking somewhere and i realize that the, some ad is going to start i just click a couple times on that 15 15 seconds forward and that's it so yeah, the the success of the ad depends a lot on how it is presented not on where it is so this is very important how interesting so i actually listened to one of the shows you uh have sponsored or have maybe in the past which was hustle and flowchart with matt and joe mm -hmm. wolf their ad for you guys um i imagine was probably one of the best where they would literally speak for maybe three minutes and mm. talk through a feature and how they used it um, which I thought was quite unique, and they would change the feature they spoke about depending on the episode. And yeah, nice. the enthusiasm they had for it, I imagine that was probably a pretty ideal um, placement in the way they spoke. But you just nailed something, and I want to kind of like, I suppose, from the other side, this audience and even myself, like we are podcast hosts and like we do get approached for sponsors and things like that. What was your experience dealing with podcast hosts and the difference between them in getting these sponsorships? Because my general view is podcasting is like still in the wild west. There are not the standards that there are in other things yet. So I imagine the difference between, let's say, dealing with Pat Flynn versus another show or Hustle and Flowchart, like there would have just been a huge variety in hoops to jump through to make that happen. So from your <laughs> point of view, what can podcast hosts do to make the experience good for sponsors? Yeah. First of all, don't try to treat your sponsors. I, I absolutely hate it. I, I despise it when when i reach out to podcast host and ask them about like uh, their audience their reach and they would tell me the number of downloads per month like am i stupid like you you i i would only care about the number of downloads per month on all your episodes if you're dynamically inserting the ads into all of your past episodes and i don't think many people do this only like uh, and i i don't think you can do this on all the platforms for example i think if if the podcast is uploaded to itunes it is uploaded as is you cannot like ret retrospectively go and uh, like change the ad slots on your podcast am i right the technology is still getting better here some platforms do it and some publishing places do it but the big challenge for a lot of podcast hosts is like where it cuts in and out so we might say yeah. oh, i'll put the ad at one minute but that might be like midway through a sentence or that yeah. might, so yeah. like the placement across there can be quite challenging which is why the standard is to like put it in the file yeah and that's the thing this is so off-putting because i as a marketer i understand that my message especially if we just discussed it is not scripted message uh, but it would be like a genuine like endorsement uh, that is not like 
30 seconds straight, but like when, when a podcast host would talk like for as long as it is needed to like deliver the point. And like they don't give me the numbers of like average number of downloads or listens per one episode. They would give me monthly numbers to kind of inflate it and to ramp up the price. Uh, I think this is just disrespectful. I think they, they, they like this is, this is kind of like saying, Tim, you are stupid. I'm going to, ch- and therefore I'm going to charge you a lot. So the first, my first advice to uh, people who are running podcasts and they want to have good deals with advertisers, be as honest as possible and be as fair with your pricing as possible. Because what happens next with people who try to like trick us into their like monthly numbers, we very often we would just back off and say, yeah, okay, okay, uh, I think we're going to pass. Like because like your your pricing compared to like your downloads just seems seemed off. But if they would give us like uh, actual data on like average downloads per episode and give us like reasonable price, we would we would go and uh, sponsor them. Another another thing is that with people who are fair with their pricing and who are open about the downloads, we would sponsor them again because we feel that we're getting a good deal because they are open about like how many downloads they have and the pricing seems fair. So this is my first advice. Just be like honest and fair. Isn't that really interesting? Um, because I suppose downloads per month is like the industry of podcasting. Like that's the, um, that's the gloat number. That's what you go to the conference and share with people. <laughs> but like yeah. as a, if you're sponsoring an episode, you are on the money that it's inflated because of past downloads. So really like I, I suppose a way a podcaster could best present that is being like, hey, here's the last couple of months. These are the downloads that each episode has gotten throughout that to give you a yeah. better look on the data. So it's it's a fairer deal. But the, the other challenge for you, Tim, is that um, I'm actually an Apple user, right? So I use Apple stuff. I've got an iPad. I've got a, a MacBook and all the rest. But if you're actually subscribed to shows on multiple devices – it will actually download on multiple devices and you might actually, some of those download numbers are actually like, well, fraudulent. It's a big industry issue is like how authentic the downloads are. And then the other side of it is it doesn't track consumption. I might be subscribed to a show and like haven't listened to it in how long? I don't know. I've got a few in there. I try to clean the list up, you know, but I, I think this is the particular challenge with like you as the sponsor and podcasters in general is like there is actually a gap on our data that yeah needs I, I to was be doing some, sorry I was doing some research into how like um, properly analyze like podcast downloads and such and yeah what I what I realized is there's no such thing as listens so like there are downloads but you don't really know if people uh, listen to the stuff it just auto downloads and that's it and the other thing that if I'm not wrong, podcasts, like, and I think on Apple specifically, they're not being downloaded in one go. So the connection might interrupt for some reason, or you might stop and it would like stop buffering and then it would resume downloading again. And that would count as two downloads. It does. It compl- this is another thing. So um, really interestingly, some of the podcast platforms like Omni actually allow you to track unique IPs rather yeah. than downloads. And uh, when these feature come out, uh, some of the clients we work with nearly had a heart attack um, <laughs> because they realized that there was, uh, in some shows, like a 30% drop in what they oh. actually thought they had, which um, if their self-worth is connected to their downloads is a really bad day. Um, so, you know, there are certain things in the industry that I think aren't being 
it will come and I think we're starting yeah. to get on top of it. Yeah. But these are the very real risks um, advertisers face. Now, the, the next thing I'm, I'm really curious about is like it's one thing to like give you the placement on the show um, or the ad or itself, but I'm curious if any other podcasters gave you guys, for instance, like EDMs, like a link in the email or if they put a, um, you as a sponsor on their website. Was there any other added benefits that stood out or were of value to you as someone who was sponsoring podcasts? Yeah, this is this is a great topic for podcast hosts, like because a lot of them try to package their offerings. So other than like uh, having that sponsored slot, uh, they would offer some tweets from their account uh, if it has like uh, any any good reach. Uh, they would offer like uh, links from their website. Uh, they would offer and links for like for SEO people. Links are quite like. Uh, quite precious. So we, we do want to get links from, from quality websites. Uh, and then, yeah, they would, they would also offer like, uh, mentions in their newsletters. So, and this is like, uh, on a case by case basis. So some, some podcast podcast hosts are like more experienced in this. So they have like different packages on, on depending what you want to get. Uh, others, uh, uh, others are open to your like suggestions. So whatever else you want to get from me, like feel free to offer. And uh, at this point, I want to mention that, we actually figured out uh, another way for us to get more value from our sponsorship. And that is by giving out our software uh, in the episode. Because like we would, uh, for example, we did that with Pat Flynn, knowing that his podcast is huge and he has a huge audience. Uh, but he would like uh, only talk about us for so long. We wanted to extend the time he would be talking about HS. And this is why we offered him to give uh, his audience in each podcast episode uh, one annual account of Hrefs in exchange for like whatever he wants them to do. So he could ask them to tweet about the episode. He could ask them to go and leave a review of the episode. So what, what, whatever engagement he wanted to, to generate from them, maybe he would release a book and he wanted them to review it on Amazon. So whatever engagement he wants to do, it is up to him. We are giving him account to give away. How he gives it away, it's up to him. But we, for, for doing that, we get extra like airtime. And, and another thing, like psychological thing, is that when listeners know that there's a chance to get something for free, they would be more attentive in listening what is that product that I, get, that I can get for free. Should I bother doing what the uh, podcast host is uh, asking me to do, depending on what kind of product I can get for free? So this is another interesting thing. That is a really interesting strategy from the idea of it's, I don't want to say, how can I frame it? I want to frame this correctly, but it's like, it's quite unique <clears throat> to motivate the podcast host. It's quite unique to go, oh, hang on, we'll, we'll actually give you something, even though like we're sponsoring this and we're going to do yeah. this extra and they're to increase the motivation to create a really compelling ad and then also actually sweeten the deal from them because they might be able to get some reviews or might be able to get some, you know, extra social following or something from it. Um, as well, and then in exchange, you're massively ramping up the length of your ad. So and it's quite unique. For, yeah, and if they would ask for tweets, that's a good way for us to gauge their audience because the more tweets we're going to see, uh, the 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 bigger their audience and the more responsive their audience is. So this was one of our ways of uh, like figuring out if if the podcast host has like a large enough audience. So yeah, and Pat Flynn was like getting more tweets than anyone else. 
I think that's expected. He's got an exceptional – he would have, like, a raving fan following, like a yeah. cult-like following with the stuff he does. So, that I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And maybe that's something to really uh, think more about with sponsoring or even guesting is, like, who has that type of following. Like, some people have a 1,000 downloads and they're worth nothing, and then others, they have a 1,000 uh, downloads, and it's, like, a really attentive, motivated buyer's audience. So there's some things to consider there as well. Um are you guys planning on sponsoring more podcasts in the future? Like, do you think this is a strategy AH refs will continue to do and act upon in the future? This is a great question. And uh, I'm afraid there is no answer because of, uh, we just discussed that there's no way to properly, uh, properly calculate the ROI of your dollars spent on podcast advertising. So we think that more or less our budget percentage-wise will stay the same from the like uh, annual revenue. So as the company is going to grow bigger, we're going to slowly ramp up like how many podcasts we're sponsoring. But <clears throat> to, to be able to uh, come up with a conclusion that, yes, this is a great channel and we want to double or triple our investment there, I'm afraid we cannot like justify this kind of decision. Isn't that interesting? And, th- and the reason I asked that question is no- number one is um, it's probably wise the way you answered that because we have a ton of podcasters who listen to this show and I'd be sure they would be hitting you up for sponsorships <laughs> <laughs> on the back of this. Um, anyway, but like my whole reasoning behind asking that question is to get it from your point of view of like what's holding you back or could mo- motivate you to sponsor more shows because I think this is something a lot of podcasters are really trying to lean into. Like if I get a sponsor – what really needs to happen for them to be happy and want to continually promote the show. And I think you really nailed it in the idea that we're very much viewing this as we want to be able to see a return. And if you can demonstrate or show us a return through a trackable measure, we're much more likely to uh, do this. Like we're much more likely to be involved or go the extra mile. So my kind of takeaway from this is going, if I was going to bring sponsors onto this show or um, do more of that, is it's got to be enabling more trackable elements outside of just the ad itself so that it could be a really good deal from there. And that's kind of what I would encourage the listeners to dig into as well. Yeah, and the thing for us, it is like uh, as easy as having uh, a metric that we can rely on in terms of listens. So we just discussed that downloads don't really mean anything because we don't know if people listen or like downloads get uh, like inflated. So I think as soon as all those like podcasting platforms would give uh, the industry a good metric of like if people are actually listening and even how far probably the the people are listening because people might listen to the first half of your podcast, but the the ad was in the second part. So it doesn't get a listen. So as soon as uh, on YouTube, you can see like uh, you open a video, you open the analytics and you can see like what percentage of people are getting to to each uh, like point in the video. So it is, it is pretty good. So as soon as podcast platforms would give uh, hosts, uh, po- the, the creators, this kind of analytics, so then after releasing an episode, they would send us a screenshot. So these are the, the results of the episode. Like uh, a thousand people started listening, listening it. And by the time where your ad was, like the retention was like 60%. 
So we would kind of know uh, like what's the uh, like what's the value, what's the uh, price per listen. And if we know the price per listen, and if we hear how the podcast advertising is pitching us again back to the sincerity, if they if they're uh, like actually excited about the, our product, if they understand how our product works, if they can uh, explain the value of our product to, to their listeners, listeners plus the price per listen that we're seeing from the statistics, that would be enough for us to justify if we want to expand uh, our podcast ads. I or cut we... back on them, depending <laughs> on what <laughs> well, the Well, I'll, I'll start with the joke. There's a joke I'm going to say, and then I'll go into something more serious. But so see what you're asking for here, I think is very reasonable. And I think a lot of podcasters dream of the day when they can get that type of data about their show. But my concern is, is there's a lot of podcasters out out there right now who don't have this data about their own show, right? So if you can imagine right now, um, one of the reasons we do a video show, right? So this is a video podcast, is we publish on Facebook and we publish on YouTube and we get that glorious data. And then yeah. we use that data to decide, well, who are the guests we want to have back on? Who's getting watched? Which topics performed well? Which things did there? And like, we just can't get that from our audio side yet. Yeah. So that's been one of our big things. And then the other side of it is um, when audio gets that good, I think that there will be a lot of uh, podcasters that make big changes and can improve their show to attract sponsors. So there is a, there is a day coming where this stuff is going to get ironed out. But again, fascinating to hear your perspective on how you're viewing it as someone who has spent a substantial amount of money here. Now, I've got uh, one question here to kind of uh, finish up on on the next one from here. You've also done quite a lot of guesting on uh, podcasts, um, and I think quite well. I've listened to a few of the interviews. And from your perspective, what I would really like to know is how you weight the sponsoring versus the guesting. Like, which one do you think performed better for you? And, uh, and then which one do you derive the most value from? Uh, so again, we're going back to the fact that you cannot really measure this. You cannot really uh, quantify. But, and again, this com comes back to the quality of the ad uh, in a sponsored episode. Because sometimes, uh, like you said, the, the podcast host would go at length uh, talking about HFs, and sometimes they would even naturally mention HFs uh, whenever they get a chance without like us having to pay them extra just because they're fans. And sometimes podcast hosts would go to other podcasts and they would talk about HFs there as well because like they have this connection with us already and they're like they, they're enjoying our tool. Same with the interviews that I've done. Sometimes the interview wasn't that good. So whether it was my fault or the fault of the podcast host who couldn't like uh, turn the conversation in the uh, in the right direction, uh, it wasn't like very special, and people were dropping off, and they didn't uh, didn't uh, have any like I don't know tweets or like uh, people who would add me on LinkedIn saying they listened to a podcast episode and they want to connect with me. And sometimes the the podcast interview would be so good and we would talk about the kinds of topics that resonate with people so much that the next day or like the same day when the episode is aired, I'm starting to get a lot of LinkedIn, new LinkedIn connections. Uh, and those people would take time to write like uh, in the connection like message uh, that they have listened to the episode and the things that they've learned and they would sometimes ask follow-up questions. So this is when I know that, this is when I know that uh, 
the interview resonated with people. And quite often people would like literally tell me that my interview was the reason they signed up for HRFs uh, and uh, they are a happy paying customer from there. So to be honest, we don't get this kind of messages from uh, uh, the sponsored ads, but probably because when people listen to a sponsored ad and they go and sign up for HRFs, they don't really have that person who would they who they would connect with and tell them I've listened to to your like podcast uh, uh, to, to 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 the ad uh, in the podcast I'm listening to and therefore I'm now uh, a customer of HRFs and I'm connecting with you. While when I was a guest on the podcast, they would connect with me and tell me that like you your interview is the reason that I'm using HRFs now. So yeah, it's hard to tell, but overall. Uh, my biased uh, feeling is that uh, interviews work better. Very fascinating. And I'll, exp I'll express a couple of things here that um, I think that answer is actually quite true even for myself. Like I do quite a bit of guesting as well and I've sponsored podcasts. I, I tend to think that some podcast hosts don't take responsibility enough for making excellent content. I think that being a podcast host is a skill. And I think some people just rock up and ask questions and think that's what a podcast is. When it's like, you know, it's like me saying I can run a running race against Usain Bolt. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like some people have natural gifts, but there's training and skills that go into it. And I would ultimately say that it's the podcast host's responsibility to learn how to co cover a narrative or ask better questions or create an environment where yourself and the guest can shine. And I think that's the difference between a good podcast episode and a bad one. And I would even say there's a bias and obsession towards many podcast hosts being obsessed with like promotion tactics. Mm. It's like, oh no, we can we can publish on Facebook on Tuesdays. That, that that's what's <laughs> going to make the difference in our show. We're like creating quality content and creating things where it has that effect on people is like where they actually want to make purchases. That's where the skill is. So I won't put that on you, Tim. I've seen you speak a couple of times. I think you um. You cover topics well and entertainingly, so it's like I would very much put it on the host didn't provide the setup for you to thrive. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I'll you. give you some points. You did very well at Superfast <laughs> Business, so uh, we'll take that one from there. Now, Tim, where's the best uh, best place for people to um, find out more about what you do and then also follow you? Because I believe, and you may have changed your plan since due to everything that's going on in the world, but new YouTube channel starting and then also doing more uh, content marketing. Yeah, so uh, probably the best place to connect with me is uh, Twitter. Uh, this is where I'm the most active. Uh, and if people want to get some of my own content, uh, I have started a YouTube channel last year. It's called SaaS Marketing Vlog, uh, but it's mostly for people who are doing marketing in SaaS companies. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to share uh, the stuff that we're doing, how it works for us or how it does not work for us. And actually... Right now, I'm working on the episode about uh, podcast sponsorships. So I think uh, your podcast interview would be aired first, and then I will I will follow up with my uh, video episode on YouTube. But yeah, if people are interested in how we do marketing uh, in our company, uh, which is a SaaS business, uh, find SaaS Marketing vlog, vlog on YouTube. Oh, awesome. And thank you so much again. We'll make sure we include links in our show notes um, so you can follow Tim and the stuff he does, because uh, I think he's uh, an exceptional mind. And then some of the projects they've tackled uh, like at scale, like I can't find many people that have spent $200,000 on uh, podcasting 
itself. And guys, I will disclose this as well. Like I use Ahrefs, I've mentioned that already, but it's actually my little secret weapon for finding podcast content topics. So how I use it specifically is, and this is not an ad, I'm just telling people because you're here, um, is I think the most valuable way to use Ahrefs as a podcaster is the content gap uh, and content tool. I found that particularly useful for finding like what's killing it in SEO and then deriving great topics or finding things from that. So that will be my little hint and tip from this episode itself. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you once again, Tim. This has been an episode of the business of podcasting.